Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to Block Talk USA. I'm your host, Ron Spice, tonight. I just kind of got um, fired up today. You know, the show today is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. We're going to bring in a lot of people from around the world. We got we got Sherman Simple on the line. We got Brandon Johnson on the line already, and we're going to open up their mics in just a few minutes. You know, I have to ask myself, I was I was sitting there and I was talking to myself, well, talking talking to myself and answering myself all at the same time, I asked myself the question, what is the definition of a domestic terrorist attack? You know, the government always threatens us and, and tells us about all this attack that's coming from different places, and we're over-defending ourselves in different parts of the world. And if they happen to come on the soil of the U.S., it's called a domestic terrorist attack. And I was, I said, man, I said, you know, this this." This thing with this government, they're not telling us the truth. They're not sharing any information that would help us. But they have never yet owned up to anything that they have done to to possibly slow down the virus or possibly warn Americans prior to this. Because what we're seeing is that, that people are being affected around the world before they were affected around the world before we even got involved in this. When it was in China in November and December, oh that's that's something that's in China. That's something that we should have said. People, normal people would have said, yeah, that's something that's in China. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be that much we shouldn't even be worried about what's going on in China because you know China's way over there. But our government, our government officials, we are ambassadors everywhere in the US. Our ambassadors should have been saying telling the president or telling somebody Somebody that will listen to him, you know, this thing is um, growing. I'm about ready to get up out of this country because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a threat to me. And and the way that it built up over the period of time, it, it, didn't, it didn't all of a sudden show up in the U.S. They had it in late November, early December. Europe started getting in early January. And we were still receiving flights from those those countries, so it had to come. It was on its way to the U.S. If you don't shut down your borders before then, it was coming to the U.S. But also, we should have been at a point where we could have protected ourselves. We should have been at a point where we where they told us to get masks ahead of time, because most of the countries that really didn't get affected by it, they they were already things to prevent it. Here in America, we didn't. We, it's like we 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 caught we we playing catch up. And I don't ever remember a time in history where we where we played catch up to anything, except this particular virus. And 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 I and I gotta say it's because the man that's in office, it's got to be the president that's in office right now. You have to listen to what people are telling you. You can't be the smartest person in the room at all times. And I know that I'm I'm, I'm kind of upset and kind of disappointed 
I'm disappointed for a reason, because when it starts affecting people that you know, when it starts being a part of your everyday life, when it starts just changing the way that you think. We have changed the way we have done things all this past month. Everything to protect us here in Texas, and I'm just going to use Texas for right now. I got some callers calling in maybe a little bit later that's calling from different places, and I want to get their opinion. I'm not going to ask them any questions. I just want to get their opinion, and we're going to see what this thing, how this thing is growing, how it's moving, where it's going to, and and try to go from there. Because sometimes that information that's coming out of that White House, the Oval Office, or wherever he's giving his briefings from, is not the honest to God truth. And if you if you think it is, just listen to a conference, listen to what the medical field is saying, and then come back and listen to him. Now, here in Texas, I, I want to say something that happened yesterday because Harris County is probably one of the largest population of people in the state of Texas. Now, it's a couple of counties that's bigger than Harris County as far as land size, but as far as the amount of people, Harris County probably has the largest amount of people in the state of Texas. Now, yesterday we had a briefing. We got a briefing from the mayor. We got a briefing from Harris County judge. Both of them were putting emphasis, get building up to Monday for the mandatory mask that was coming out. They said, yeah, said we're going we're gonna to make it mandatory in Houston and Harris County that everybody's going to wear their mask. Not even, I want to say 10, 15, 20 minutes after the, the Harris County judge got off the air on, on TV, everyone in town here in Houston, and made that announcement, guess what happened? The governor comes home and says, "No, that's not the way it's going. That's not the way it's going." And it was the last few questions in his in his process in which he he said, somebody asked him a question about Harris County, and he said, "No, I control this. No, you don't have to wear a mask. It ain't no penalties or anything with the mask. If you don't want to wear it, you don't want to wear it." Thing is that. Majority of the people that's getting infected look like me and you, or the people that ride the buses that go from place to place. The people that go all over the city may not have a car, but they support. They have work. They have jobs. They they do everything that we possibly that we say. Yeah, we want that job. They stand out there in the hot sun. They they work the pavement. They do all that, and we say we want the job. But it's it's very few times that I go out there and I see. Some of us standing out there in a hundred degree temperature working the highways, it ain't because we don't want to. I mean, it ain't because we don't want to, but but that's a challenging job. And and we're talking about food supply. Majority of our food supplies is supply is 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 brought is picked and took taken to the factory by workers that come across the border just to do that job know where we're trying to go with this. I don't know where where we're headed with this, but we, somehow, some way, we have to kind of figure out where we're going. I want to take five minutes and just kind of go on a tangent there for for a minute, and then I want to kind of bring in Sherwin Simple real quick because I know he has a few things he's gonna say, and and we we just been we, somehow we have been stuck in this rut. 
I don't want to say rut because our government has put us here. Please, whatever you do, don't believe nothing that you that you hear coming out of the White House. If they talking about yeah, you're gonna get infected, you believe that part. We were looking at Pence today. Pence was saying, Pence was at a men men simple talking about this before we got on the air. Prince was at Mayo Clinic with victims that had the virus. This fool standing up there with no mask on, nothing. Now, I'm not the smartest person in the world, and and, and I don't I don't claim to be the sharpest crayon in the box as I posted earlier. If you if you around somebody with the virus, and you just standing up there because it's a political issue, you don't, you don't, you're, you're not looking out for me. You're looking out for your image. You're looking out to support your story, your 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 movie line, or whatever you have going, because there's no way in the world that you're gonna stand up there in a clinic full of people that have the virus and you don't have no mask. Vice president, president, or whatever. Also, last week I was telling y'all about the Brazilian president. I can't even pronounce his name. Jar, Bolsonaro, whatever, whatever his name is. I butchered that, but. He was he met with the president about a month ago. Had the virus, was sitting right in front of him. President actually Trump told you that he wasn't even close to him. The Brazilian news put out pictures of where he was standing right next to him, and Pence. So, and there wasn't no six feet in between them. Trump told you that, that he was practicing safe distances. That that ain't true. Go out there and Google it. You can see it for yourself. The pictures are out there. Shaking hands and smiling, laughing and going on. But when he got back to this country, he found out that he had the he had the virus. It's something, and, and I don't, I'm not the smartest. Like I can say it again, they have something that we don't. They have something that we don't have access to. And I want, and and as I said earlier, I want to know what stock they invested into, because. Whatever company has them protected, I want to make sure I invest some money into it. That's what we should be asking. That's the kind of question that, because when in the end, when it gets to that point, they're going they're gonna to profit, and they're not going to have the disease. But how many people are we going to lose? How many people are we going to lose in the process? I know I'm just a little old guy from Texas. Beating, beating the bush, trying to get somebody to listen to me, trying to list, get somebody to come in and understand what I'm talking about. But <laughs> some of the stuff, I bet you it's more truth than what I just said than Donald Trump has been spewing over the airways in the past month, a month and a half. Simple, I know I've been going, so simple, just, just kind of come in and give me your opinion. I'm going to step back for a minute. Oh, Ron, I'm with you, Ron. Good evening, everybody. I'm with you because, uh, I mean, I looked at the picture you posted today with him with no mask on. Trump never wear a mask. It's something going on. They got something we don't have. I mean, they're not even worried about it. And I'm speechless right now because I don't even know what to say. It's, it's, it's something going on. And it's only affecting African Americans, really. You know, I'm, I, I thought I was going to be able to hold them off, but I know I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it. So, Brandon, if you can get prepared, I'm going to bring you in. Brandon texted me today earlier. Brandon told me that it's a that he felt bad and he had some stuff going on. And I, I, 
the only thing, my, my, my heart just dropped. I was about to walk when I was talking to Brandon, and I, and I just stopped. So, Brandon, before I butcher what you said, what you was trying to tell me earlier, can you can you kind of bring enlighten us? Because this is close to home. I want to show you how close it is to home. All right, Ron. Thanks, Brian. Uh, thanks for the other brother communicating as well. I just want to tell y'all, this is this is the cycle. Right now, I'm quarantined in my bedroom at home with a severe headache, um, temperature is high, um, my back pain is ridiculous, and I got a cough. But this stuff has been going on uh, a couple of days. So finally, um, today I went through the process of the testing. And I want to hit people to this because I don't think many folks are verbalizing one of the big problems with this whole pandemic and how the government has failed, how the the, the national, the state, and the local governments fail. Uh, it's a two-hour process if you go through the standard means of getting a COVID-19 test. You have to meet the criteria of having at least four of the symptoms on the list of symptoms before they even give you the test. On top of that, they screen you and they check for strep throat, flu, and they did a chest X-ray to see if there was any fluid on the lungs uh, before they ever administered the COVID-19 test which to me means I have pretty good insurance because not only do I own my own business, I work as an administrator with a local school district, so they provide me great insurance. And I wouldn't have been able to do all that stuff probably if I had to pay for it on my own, out of pocket right there. But nevertheless, it'll be three to four days before I get word back on the test. In this process of getting ill, I've started to look at all the things going on with my diabetes, my high blood pressure, my high cholesterol, which are diagnoses that I've already previously had as conditions over the years. And I haven't been eating as good as I once was. I haven't been taking my medicine. I've been taking a lot of vitamins and supplements, and I've even done vitamin C and IV um, immunosystem preventative measures. I, I, I'm at a point now where checking my blood sugar, I'm not sure if the symptoms are COVID because we're all in this hysteria about if you cough, you got it, or it could be my blood sugar being so high. Whatever the case is, there's a process and that is it. Um, there's much more I want to say, Ron, when you get to about what I, if you want to know what I think about the government on this. But that's the gist of Brandon, what I'm dealing with right now here in Longview. Yeah, you know we don't we don't hold back. So while you can still breathe and you're not coughing, go ahead and get it out, man. Because we, we, you know how we do it here. This is Block Talk <clears throat> USA. We we we, we oh, talk like yeah. it is. So so check this out, brothers. It is like this. The only way I can see it humanly possible 
to get past this particular virus is if every human being in this country gets tested and has the opportunity to get tested regularly, not just once, but regularly. I'd like Mm -hmm. to know where that 13 or 14-minute test that the president mentioned is for everybody. Why do some people Mm -hmm. have a seven-day test, some people have a three-day test, some people have a two-hour test, and some people have a 13-minute test? It should be done on a regular basis with a, with a, like a 10 to 15 minute turnaround every time an employee goes to work every t- that are that are in an essential business right now and anybody who wants to go in if they're showing symptoms of any kind it should be free it should be tested until we get past this and when they lie and say and when I say they I mean Trump and I mean his cabinet and a lot of these governors who are sugarcoating, including Abbott, when you look at the numbers in Dallas and Dallas County and Harris County, having 100, 150 days and four and five deaths per day, you cannot say we're, we're getting past it. Um, here in little old Greg County, the smallest county land size in the state of Texas We've been averaging about three a day, but then yesterday we had nine confirmed cases. So although they try to downplay it, and you should see the number of people that are out and about not wearing masks in Lowe's, in these other places, just thick. But you steady Mm -hmm. have cases, and you've got a governor that is so conservative and wanting to stick with what the people who are putting pressure on him to do by opening up this this state can't be but one thing that the brother already alluded to. There are certain groups of people that are impacted more than others by astronomical mm-hmm. disproportionate rates, and those people, they want to diminish and demise anyway because, one, they don't vote for them, and then, two, mm-hmm. to them, they don't matter and they get in the way of what they're trying to do. And my last point, Como said it best about McConnell in that New York puts in more taxes than Kentucky, yet Kentucky gets more government assistance than what it puts in to the government, yet you're a conservative and talking about fiscal conservatorship and that you want to have small government, but you get way more in the way of subsidies and monies than the people that put in. You have no business opening your mouth. And I just wish that people would would see it for what it is, but I understand that some groups of people just walk lockstep and they don't really think. They just know that the government is always right, follow the leader, and everything will be okay. Absolutely. And, and Brandon, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you at Blog Talk USA because you are part of the family and you have been here probably longer than me. But anyway, speaking of Kentucky, speaking of Kentucky, hi. I'm just going to say hi. It's been a while. (laughs) If you come come on in, tell us about what's going on in Kentucky. I'm doing good, sis. (laughs) It's good to hear your voices. 
Um, and wow, <laughs> it's good that everybody on the line is well. I hope everybody out there is staying safe and doing what we're supposed to be doing because it's not just about us, it's about other people. Um, Absolutely. So put that out there. Um, and gosh, Brandon just made so many good points. Um, I'll start out with I want to give props to my governor. Uh, governor Bashir of Kentucky has been wonderful. There have been news reports uh, uh, having to do with, you know, these states that are reopening. And Kentucky has been falsely lumped in with uh, some of those states. I don't know why. I, I know it was reported uh, on CNN, at least. I saw them lumping Kentucky in. Uh, and we shouldn't be lumped in with them. We're not... Uh, you know, doing this reopening thing that Texas and Georgia uh, have done and are doing. Uh, And our governor has been giving us excellent information every day, Uh, has been highlighting victims every day, putting names and faces uh, together for the public to see. And by and large, a lot of people around here are wearing masks, uh, doing the right thing, social distancing, Um, Our public stores and things that are open are following the rules, have been since as early on um, as they probably should have been, at least, you know, given the situation we were in where we didn't, you know, do anything or weren't told to do anything for the first two months um, of this. But um, so, you know, we're, we're one of the states that, you know our governor our governor is doing the right thing, and um hopefully you know our cases will stay at a minimum um, but uh, I want to say about you know these states that are reopening texas and uh specifically Texas since we just heard from Governor Abbott in the past few days uh <laughs> and heard his phase one, phase two, you know, all that nonsense. The main Mm -hmm. thing that just jumps out at me and just blows my mind is, uh, aside from the just utter lack of leadership from the top, is how just because you put on a suit and a tie and – you know, surround yourself with important-looking people on a stage and say fancy words and break things down into, you know, phases, like you have a real plan, does Mm -hmm. not mean that what you're doing, that what that plan is trying to achieve has anything at all to do with the science, the data, uh, you know, what – There's no rhyme or reason to this phase one, phase two, that has anything to do with human beings other than greedy human beings (laughs) who really want things reopened because it's not them working the line at these places. (laughs) You know, it's just them cashing in. And, I mean, the sooner people realize that, the better. And these people who, you know, the lock steppers that were just mentioned, (sighs) you know, are some of the ones who are dying and going to die from this. Mm-hmm. You know, the the North Carolina leader of the um you know, stay-at-home protest. Uh I just read yesterday tested positive for COVID-19. 
you know, <laughs> which she probably contracted at her little protest. And wow. which, you know, sidebar on that, um, and this sort of has to do with that uh, video that you sent me, Ron, um, uh, you know, about the QAnon video. Um, mm-hmm. th- these protests, I hope everybody realizes, are not grassroots. They are not organic uprisings <laughs> from just everyday average people. They're just like the Tea Party. They're well-funded. Uh, they're politically motivated, and they're well orchestrated. So, I, I do hope you know anybody out there who's noticed the fawning coverage that the media gives them. Uh, the, they're not organic grassroots protests. They're well funded um, by the same people who want you know the people at their local restaurants and things to go back to work but are happy to stay home or, you know, working from their home offices themselves. So, you know, that whole aspect of it just kills me. Um, And, you know, I guess the third big thing that just stands out of late is the bleach incident, which is indicative Mm -hmm. of just the overall misinformation fire hose that we've had coming at us. Over and over again, we've seen this person who is supposed to be the leader of the free world uh, completely ignore science. I don't know that Mm -hmm. there's a capacity for any comprehension there anyway, but, you know, stand at a podium in front of news cameras and millions of people listening and dispenses medical advice which is based on the fact that he's friends with, you know, this drug manufacturer or, you know, there's always a personal angle. Uh, And, you know, ultimately that culminates in him finally insinuating that people should be drinking disinfectant. And then every time people do it, we've had deaths from Mm -hmm. hydrochloroquine ingestion. We've had people dying, uh, you know, from things related to, uh, issues that they have where they legitimately have been taking medications that people are running out to buy, <laughs> you know, so the people who need the medications aren't getting them. Uh, Absolutely. And people who falsely take these medications and, you know, something happens and they don't have a good outcome sometimes. Uh, poison control has been flooded in various states since the bleach drinking comment. So I guess mm-hmm. my point is there are just so many real tangible consequences from something, you know, that seems like a cliche statement that words matter from the president of the United States, but it's in our faces. It's never been more true. The evidence is right there that that is in fact the case, that it just matters. And um, it just couldn't be more obvious that human beings, American citizens, have absolutely no uh, place in the equation right now uh, from our own government. I agree with you, Anna. I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've heard from this Longview, Texas. We we haven't heard from Simp. We're going to let Simp come on in just a minute. But as I I go through this, well, we had a caller from Louisiana. 
I was trying to get him to come on, but we just kind of went through this whole process. And I just think that we got to get to a point where we realize that the government is not on, on our side in this one. The government has not been on our side in this one. We have continued, we continue to hear people talk about how the government, well, you know, Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that. And sometimes I just wonder, what what are those people looking at? What do they see out there? Sherwin, I know you're out there, so come on and give us a Missouri County report. Ron, I'm just like you. I just told you that, man. I'm in days that you see Missouri. I mean, you see an open up something, and then I see trail riders Sunday riding like they're crazy, and and it's awful black folks to me. And you see them out there trail riding right beside each other. And then you see the beach is full, the river is full. I don't know. I'm staying at home. That's all I got to say. I'm, I'm staying in because there's something behind this. I don't know what's behind it, but there's something behind it. Seventy percent of the population of Louisiana is white, yet 75% of the people that got it is black. After that, yeah. I mean, I don't have no answer for that. I, I did this, the poll on on um, Detroit, Brandon. I don't know. If, I don't know if you heard this even last week. I got to go back and look at my notes, but the numbers were were just crazy in Detroit. On um, I think it, it was something like fourteen percent of Detroit has it or something, and then out of that fourteen percent, forty one percent were black, and that yeah. kind of scares you in in a sense. I mean, it scares you real a lot. So, I, I see somebody's number out there, and I'm gonna bring them in. I just want to go go around and give everybody a chance to come in and kind of tell what's going on in their area of town. And this is a I know this is an East Coast number. I haven't seen this number in a while. Gus Trent, how are you doing, man? <laughs> man, you're I recognize the number. Serious, some serious <laughs> memories, Ron. Uh, thank you so much for for having me. Good evening to everybody, and. Let me just go down memory lane for 30 seconds. Uh, Ron uh, had invited me to, to talk about horses, and I used to have a little little hour segment or whatever it was, so it's good to hear your voice, Ron, and uh, everything is well. And thank you for having me. Uh, good evening to everybody, and, Ron, I am at your beckoning call, my friend. Well, just tell us what's going on in your area, where, you, where you're calling from, and I told you I wasn't okay, going to keep you long because call- I know the East Coast time. No. No, it's all good, man. I'm calling from Tampa, Florida, uh, and I understand that the subject tonight is the uh, uh, um, coronavirus and how it's affected so forth. Here in Tampa, uh, the city has been pretty much shut down. Uh, only essential people have been going to work. Most people have been directed to, to stay at home, and all of our uh, bars, restaurants, everything is closed down. The restaurants can only do uh, takeout only, and uh, it's having a serious uh, financial impact. But our our leadership here is, you know, working hard to try to come up with ways to, to work with these things. I think our last count of actual fatalities was somewhere around maybe 500 in the state totally. So uh, we don't have a very high number. I mean, any any loss of life is too much. But uh, we're, we're dealing with it. You know, people have been uh, compliant with, with the directives that have been put out by government, and we're trying to ride this thing out. That's a good – man, I'm glad to hear that. Because, you know, I'm hearing more about a local government 
being more proactive in this than 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 what the information that we're getting from D.C. It seems like the information from D.C. is totally different than what our local government. Gus, I told you I, I ain't gonna fire no questions at you. I ain't gonna surprise you in any no, kind man, of way. I, 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 I just wanted to get your no, opinion. I, I, and... No, I'm here for you know a little bit, man. And, and again, uh, uh, I, I think that the one thing that that I've told people uh, over and over is that. Um, I don't push religion on anybody, but God is in control of this situation. And uh, I've had a personal friend that has uh, perished as a result of this, 46 years old, a guy I served in Iraq with. Uh, He was from New Orleans, and and he came down with it. He died about three weeks ago. So, you know, it's serious. Um, I personally don't like some of the talk that I've heard about you know, oh, they want all the barbershops and nail shops to open because, you know, blacks frequent those places the most and you know i've heard those things and and i respect people's opinion but you know i personally don't buy into that um you know a lot of blacks yes frequent and own barbershops but um i I just don't believe that you know there's this conspiracy out to to open those places up first and, and and you know let those people you know catch it or anything like that i just personally don't believe that I don't. I, I don't necessarily believe that, but I don't know why they chose that particular, <laughs> those particular businesses to open up. Because I'm telling you, I'm sitting here right now. I got a head, of, uh, a full head of gray hair, <laughs> but I've been gray uh-huh. since I was in high school. So it don't. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have made a difference. Even when I was going to the barbershop, I used to get it cut off all the time because I just did not like it. And, and the lady used to say, well, well, Ron, there's a lot of people out there with full head of hair, and here you got a full head, and you're cutting it off. I said, I want every bit of it off because that's just the way I am. <laughs> but I, I, I think I, I think I got my – I want to bring somebody else in. I, I see their, their number out there, and I know where it's from. It's from Georgia. Hey, Ashley, is this you? This is me. Hey. Hey, how you doing? I'm bringing you in. I, I want to introduce you. I want to tell y'all who this is. This is my daughter-in-law. They just recently moved from California to Georgia, less than about a week ago. Right, Ashley? Yeah. Wow. Yep. California to Georgia. Wow. Georgia. So I brought her on to give a, a, a different perspective. And then I'm going to ask her one question. Now, this is my daughter-in-law, and then actually tell them a little bit about your credentials. That's that's the first thing I want you to do. Okay. I'm a respiratory therapist. I'm a registered respiratory therapist. I've graduated um, about 14 years ago, and just recently um, I haven't been working, thankfully, because um, when we moved out to California, I had my daughter at the time. She was a newborn, and... Ron didn't want me to work at the time, and, you know, thankfully everything happened the way it did because if I would have been working, you know, I would have been working during uh, all this COVID madness. But um, up until then, I've been working since 06. I've worked through the H1N1 madness in Atlanta. I've worked at um, – I was a respiratory supervisor for about five years at Piedmont Fayette, which is a smaller hospital in the uh, – um, it's in the suburb of Atlanta – but most of my career has been down at um, Piedmont Atlanta Hospital. And like I say, I've seen, like, how bad the H1N1 was, but they say that this uh, COVID is um, it's a lot more contagious 
and people are, you know, turning for the worse a lot faster than they did with H1N1. Yeah, but I want you I want you to jump back to the H1N1 because, you know, mm-hmm. the government has told us that, that y'all were well supplied. Y'all been well supplied all these years. That This is the first time they ever ran into any problems with 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 supplies and stuff in the medical field. So if you could tell us a little bit about that, I'd appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Like there's, well, you know, um, being a respiratory therapist, you know, being in people's faces, I've always wore N95 masks. I was personally um, questioned by human resources. Like she found me in the hospital and came up to me and asked me why I was wearing it. Um, H1N, I mean the um, the N95 mask, and told me I need to wear just a regular simple mask. And I told her I had patients. I'm seeing patients from the ER down to ICU, and they've tested, you know, H1N1. I don't know if the results have come back yet because even with H1N1, it took about maybe like four hours for the results to come back. But everyone we tested, we kind of, you know, put them in an isolation room. Um, but, yeah, the H, uh, HR told me not to wear N95 masks because we needed to preserve the masks for only patients that had come back positive. Um, we ran out of ventilators. So, you know, what they would do is um, basically just, you know, we had, like, rental companies, and we would have to call rental companies to try to supply us with ventilators. It was um, really, you know, especially at Piedmont, Atlanta, um, it was just horrible. I remember working that time, and um, they would send patients from the smaller hospitals to us. So if they couldn't manage those patients, however long they've had them, they would send them to us. And at that point, you know, patients had been at these hospitals for over seven days. There's not much that we could do at this point. And, you know, our mortality rate at Piedmont Atlanta was so high just because of, I think it was lack of resources, you know, the sitting on patients at outside hospitals. Um, My sister, she had a friend, um, and I'm not going to say the hospital, you know, but she had a friend that was at um, an outside hospital, one of the smaller hospitals, who had tested positive for COVID. Um, She started going down pretty quickly, was intubated on the ventilator at this hospital for a number of days, and they realized that they weren't able to treat her they sent her to a larger hospital in the Atlanta area and it was just too late and she passed about two weeks ago. So, you know, it's the lack of resources. It's a lot of these hospitals not acting fast enough to send them to other hospitals that can actually manage these patients. Um, You know, even hearing about what they're going through in New York, I mean, the fact that you're even hearing about patients sharing a ventilator is extremely, from a respiratory therapist perspective, is it's not only like it's insane. Like you just don't do that. You know, I mean, I understand that they've got different ways that they can do it if you have to. And you know, I saw the videos also, and they were saying only share, you know, for a few hours. But I mean, even then, there's a chance of germs and different, you know. It's just too small of a chance to share, you know, to spread from one to another. It's it's unfortunate, and it's just uh, it's scary, really. I'm glad I'm not working at this point right now. Yeah, actually, you know, sometimes 
we have we have this this um perception that uh, that this virus is just something that happened all of a sudden. We we had a chance to practice and get ready for what's happening right now. We I just think that this time we didn't get a, a far enough warning in advance of what was going on because it came from China. We weren't stopping flights from coming in from China. We weren't stopping flights from coming into Europe. We knew those countries had it already. And I think that, that some of the stuff that, that we look at today in the news, we, we, we say, oh, 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 you know, it's not that bad. But one of my friends works, she was in Italy, and her sister, she's Filipino, her sister's in, 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 from the Philippines. Her sister sent her pictures from Italy. Italy is not a communist country, but sent her pictures of people on gurneys outside the hospital. Sent her pictures of people in the, the, the president himself of Italy said that they ran out of coffins in Italy. And her sister was sending her pictures that they were circulating within Italy to show, to prove what was going on, what was wrong, what's happening. And here in America, we don't have the pictures, but we know what's going on. We know that in New York that they're actually suffering big, worse than anything else. And I got somebody else who wants to come in. Ashley, you know I love you. Mm-hmm. Take care of my grandkids and, and take care of that hard husband that you got over there. That Ronald, <laughs> when she said Ron, she was talking about my son. Ashley, can you hang out with us for a minute? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hold on just a minute. I got one more person that wants to come in. Okay. The last number, the last four is six four five seven, and you bring it in a lot of yeah, noise. So up, if you got something to say, come on in, man. Oh uh, yeah, man. Uh, good conversation that y'all are having is good to have people laying out everything. Uh, let's go back to that famous phrase: "What do you have to lose?" Uh, well, we had so many of us who had decided all of a sudden that a certain party was okay and a certain candidate was okay, and now we're seeing the fallout from that. Uh, during a historic time, when you have something like a pandemic, you want somebody who can govern well, with experience, who knows how to handle things like supply chains, like travel, like understanding what you're going to need in the midst of a pandemic. But, no, we hired a reality show host, and now we're feeling the brunt of it because of it. And, and you look at the countries who are handling this better, those are the countries that were, what, prepared that had institutions to put things to the side, like the masks, the gloves, the ventilators, and everything else. So you kind of reap what you sow when you bring in somebody who's anti-regulation, and now we're looking at, you know, possibly contaminated food sources and issues with the supply chain as far as shipping. Like, this is the position this country has put itself into. Its own insanity has has put us on the brink of collapse, man. So this is something to see. And, and to watch this unlettered moron up here who I see some of us actually putting up for and telling us, oh, man, he tough. He tell it like it is. And you're like, are you sure about that? Because the road, <laughs> results don't say that. <laughs> when we are the communities who are, for the most part, still working, still vulnerable, and because of, you know, hell, everybody got family. So if you got one or two family members who are still working and they could possibly transmit the disease throughout your family, we could see how easily it is, you know, we could be the most affected. And I'm in Georgia, man, where they did that and opened up everything last Friday. And we're going to see Absolutely. the results of that in two weeks. You know what I mean? And the mm-hmm. sick part about it is look at the industries they opened up in. 
the industries, they want to get people off the unemployment roll. So that's why they picked employees who get a 1099, not regular employees, barbershops mm. and tattoo places. How are you going to open that in the midst of a pandemic? Like, man, mm. it's a sick place. But, yeah, I just wanted to comment, man, because I like the conversation. Hey, hey you're cool, man. Anytime that you want to come in, please don't make this your last time calling in. And you know the procedure to get in. You know, my, my daughter-in-law, I, I let her off the hook before I got her to talk about California before they left. So I'm going to ask you, Ashley, to come back on and tell us about California, how it was before you left. Oh, California was completely locked down. And where we're, uh, where we stayed in Chino Hills is probably, you know, and I'm going to bring this up just to, you know, compare it to uh, Atlanta. So where we stayed in Chino Hills was about 4% black. And you basically, uh, everything was locked down. In California, they um, started a law where if you don't wear a mask outside when you're in public, you'll get fined for a $1,000 fine. Um, Everything from um, going to the post office, going to a grocery store. I saw, you know, going straight down the street to a grocery store. I saw three different police officers, and they're basically just posted and watching, making sure people are going to their, you know, if they're going to the store, you're going to your store and you're coming back home. Um, Nothing. I mean, people are outside, but you're walking, and they're even walking with their masks on come to Atlanta, and it's like there is no COVID. Like, nothing is going on. People are outside. They're hanging out. It was, you know, at the gas station. People aren't gloved, aren't masked. It's, you know, and, I, you know, I hate to say this, but, you know, it, it made us think about, you know, when people are saying it's affecting the black community the most and is it a conspiracy theory, you know, you don't want to say that, but why, you know, are people, you know, we have the same resources as other people, but we still feel like we can do what we want to do. And we're, you know, I'm just go to the store and I'm just going to do what I want to do. And that's the kind of effect that we felt in Atlanta is people everywhere and they're out. And I went to Sam's just the other day and there is no social distancing. They're limiting people from getting into the store. So they've got the counter there, and they're saying, oh, you can only allow so many people in the store at a time. But once you're in the store, nobody's social distancing, no masks, no gloves. It is, you know, it's unreal. It's just, you know, I felt like it was I was in a different country almost coming from California to Atlanta. Yeah, you know that's that's the problem, the perception, and and I'm like Gus, I I don't believe that there's a conspiracy theory. I just think that we have gotten to a point that we live a certain way, we go a certain way, we gonna do what we want to do when we want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I heard your mayor come on the air not too long ago, and she was really fighting against the government. And I tell people this all the time, and I and and I I think I told you this once before, Ashley, also. You can talk about the state of, of of Georgia, and they they talk about how black it is. Well, I'm gonna tell you, mm-hmm. it's only black around Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's only black around Atlanta. Some of those small towns still have to go across the track to see the black people. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna ask the other caller. Am I lying? From Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you ain't lying, man. And, and look, <laughs> y- y'all point is well taken about some of our habits. 
but I, I think we got to lay out the full thing, though, because when you're talking about historical racism within a country and black people not having access to things, and also always every generation having to strive from the bottom, that's the group that's going to be the most employed in the areas that are what? Most easily able to get the disease. Like, that's the most Absolutely. important part when it comes to looking at our results. Like, that's what you're talking about. When you say essential workers, you're talking about a whole lot of black folks. Now, some Latinos, too, but that's the majority of people you're talking about. And if you don't have health care insurance and you're listening to some podcast telling you to drink apple cider and because you got to make up for not having no health insurance, that's what people are going to do. But this ain't because of black folks naivete. This is the historical legacy of racism and black people being locked out and being the most vulnerable. Because what, what choice are they putting people in? Do you want to go to work and get your bread, or do you want to sit at home and starve and hope that unemployment comes through or hope that mm-hmm. stimulus comes through? And I think the majority Absolutely. of us know better than to wait on that. That that $1,200, I, I don't know about you, but $1,200 would be gone in one week for me because <laughs> <You're both. laughs> my, <bills, laughs> my bills are just a little bit more than that. Um Hey Sim, I, I I heard the, I heard this guy say something about about people what people are taking apple cider, but I also seen that post about that Clorox and Clorox pills. Could you elaborate? <laughs> all right, stupidity, man. Stupidity. That's all I gotta say, man. Stupidity, man. Now, now I mean, we got said, somebody on the air from the medical. Go ahead. I think you say it on on national TV. And then you come back and say you just playing. You just ridiculing. <laughs> come on, man. You were serious when you said that. <laughs> he was he was just a comedian, that's all. You know, we 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 elected a comedian into the White House. When he finds out that everything is not going his way or what he put out was not real, the thing that scares me about Trump is that he initially started off doing the right thing. When he when he when he started letting the medical professionals Take the questions, but then he began to realize that they were taking the questions and answering them correctly, and he didn't want them to go that way. So then he kind of snatched but, but, back but the he, mic, he and then we started getting all this. Well, bro, brother, he didn't want them to go that way because that would lead people back to his lack of response at the beginning of this, and that's the part that he doesn't want to own. Remember that part? I take no responsibility. Yep. February. That's what he's afraid February. of. February. <laughs> February. The month of February mm-hmm. remind anybody of anything because mm-hmm. in February he didn't do absolutely nothing to prevent it. He didn't do anything to change his course. He didn't do nothing. As a matter of fact, it was a joke to him because America couldn't get it. But when he realized that that America had it, he still didn't act. He he he, he was so afraid of what was coming that he put the medical professionals out the professionals out there. But he still didn't let them continue to carry on the conversation because the narrative wasn't going in the way that he wanted it to go. So now we're back to, to I, I know Gus Trent, Trent, I, I, Gus Trent, I know. But now we're back to the to the carrot top leading the country, and, and with all of this information that he has put out there, it, it's it's scary. It's scary because you know people will not do their own research, people that look like me, people that, that are lower income. I was noticing one of the things I want to bring this up, and, and, and i got to bring this post up, because in Detroit, in Michigan, they're taking buses with Wi-Fi into the 
into the areas where the school district is, and they're asking kids to get on the bus and use the Wi-Fi that's on the bus. I thought that was that was one of the smartest things I ever heard in my life because now you're telling a kid that they, if they don't have Wi-Fi within their house, they can at least come to a bus and get on the bus and use the free Wi-Fi coming from that bus. And, Rihanna, I know you're a school teacher in Kentucky. Well, I know you were a school teacher. You might be a counselor by now. You might even be the principal of a school. So why don't you give us something from an education professional viewpoint, what's going on in Kentucky? Well, um, in Kentucky, uh, you know, the experience that I've seen with um, with my kids and the teachers around here, um, you know, as far as the rollout of, of, you know, transitioning to, you know, the home school and all that has been pretty good. Um, there was, seemed to be a decent preparedness for it, other than uh, – the fact that not just in, you know, Kentucky or my county or um, the South or even this country, but worldwide, more than half of the students who are having to do school from home do not have access to the Internet uh, and or a, a computer or device to, to use it with. So, you know, the, the gaping hole that exists where I am is the same gaping hole that exists everywhere, which, you know, kind of does go hand in hand with the disparities that have been talked about uh, tonight. Um, the racial disparities and the socioeconomic disparities, uh, the people hardest hit are the people, um, you know, people of color, um, you know, and people uh, who who lack, um, you know, whether it's from where they uh, they live in an area or they can't afford it, um, you know. So, just in the same in the same vein, the same way it's it's hitting uh, people disproportionately um, when it comes to healthcare uh, and access to resources, you know, for protective equipment. The same is true for school kids you know, and the, the big problem that exists there. Um, I'm, I'm tongue-tied trying to put together what I'm thinking, but I hope no, that makes no, sense. That's, that's it's okay. just, yeah, it, it did. You we know, got another educational and, professional. Go ahead, go ahead, finish up what you're saying. Well, quickly, quickly, I just wanted to point everyone out uh, to, uh, there was a little article about it, and there's also uh, a video. Reverend Barber um was talking just a couple weeks ago very eloquently on CNN. I'll try to put a link actually to the video in this show description for you um, mm-hmm. about how, you know, in this, in a pandemic, in, in this pandemic in particular, um, the fissures of, you know, all of our problems are just rising to the surface for, for all to see the, the mm-hmm. bare bones of, you know, these core core fundamental problems uh, with these disparities. So it, it was really interesting the way he put it and very eloquent, and I hope uh, everybody can watch it if they haven't seen it yet. Absolutely. I think we. I think I saw that video. It was shared with my family. It's, it was called the Spikes Family Group, but um, I think I saw that video, and he, he actually laid it out. I think I shared it with Pastor Riggins. I, I'm not for sure if I shared it with Simp or not, but um, – Pastor Riggins, I know you're out there, so come on in. We we're gonna we're gonna do this. Even though we're a little late, 
we're going to go ahead and let you ha- let you do your part right now. Hey, Ron, how you know, doing, Pastor? brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know what we was want from Ms. you, don't you? Was it Miss P. Ghost that was talking? Yes. I hadn't heard her voice yes, in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, glad to be on, man. Uh, well, you, know, you want me to you want me to pray? Is what you're asking? Amen, amen. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, I see that number come up. I know what we got to do real quick. Yeah. Okay. Well, man. That's, oh, yeah, oh, oh. Before you get started, before you get started, I want I want you to say a special prayer for Brandon. Brandon actually thought he had the disease. He went out and got tested earlier. I hope you, you, most of the people came in a little bit late. He went out and took the test, and he was he was just saying the process, the symptoms that he was having, and everything. So I want you to include Brandon in that prayer, Pastor Riggins, if you would. And and as he got the results back yet? He hasn't got his results back yet either. No, he hasn't got his has results you? back. Okay, all right, we're gonna pray, man. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come and pray on. We thank you, Lord God, for uh, the Run Spikes and Blog Talk USA and all of the people, Lord God, that's uh, on tonight. Lord God, we appreciate, Lord God, the fact, Lord God, that Brother Run Spikes believes in prayer. Because a lot of folks, Lord God, do not believe in the power of prayer. They believe in a lot of other things, Lord God. But we know, Lord God, as you said in your word, that if we're ashamed of you on here on earth, you'll be ashamed of us before your Father. And so, Lord God, we thank you for, Lord God, you said in your word also that moral faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But with faith in, our, in your Son, Jesus Christ, we come to you and pray, Lord God, and we bring, Lord God, this whole pandemic, Lord God, to you, Lord God, to your throne. We know folk have been praying day and night. But, Lord God, you, your ears are not too heavy that you won't hear us. I mean, you never sleep, you never slumber, you don't even doze off. It's nothing too small, you won't consider that too big you can handle. And so that's why we come to your throne of grace to find mercy right now, Father. We pray for every grieving family. Pray for every grieving family, for those who lost the love one, Father. We know you're the God of all comfort. Let them lean and depend upon you. Trust you, Lord God. And we can't heal the sorrow, but you can. Not only with time, Lord God, Lord God, but with your love, Lord God, around them, Lord God. And your peace and the joy that you give us in spite of sin. And Lord God, we pray also, God, Lord God, for our leaders right now, Lord God, of the counties, the parishes, uh, the national leaders, Lord God, because money, Lord God, is on their mind. And love of money is the root of all evil. And so money is on Amen. their mind, Lord God. We understand folk need to make need to make a make a living. We understand that we 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 don't want to have the Great Recession and the Great Depression, Lord God, but we also know, Lord God, that we can't put money first. Lives have to be first, Father. And so, Lord God, the motive behind opening up so soon seems to be, Lord God, for those who, with all these big companies who got all the loans and the small companies didn't get the loans and all these, Lord God, those, Lord God, who are trying to make all the money with trickle-down economics is trying to open up, Lord God, and then leaving the vulnerable, leaving those that are in the communities where we're close upon each other, Lord God, leaving those, Lord God, that are uh, in poverty, Lord God, leaving those, Lord God, who need to depend on these services, Lord God, to, Lord God, to be exposed, Lord God, to this virus without a vaccine and without a cure. In the name of Jesus, bless, Lord God, you protect us. In the name of Jesus, give us wisdom, Lord God, not to rush out so quick and get involved, Father, in the name of Jesus. And then, Lord God, Brother Ron, ask for prayer for Brandon, Lord God, 
He had the symptoms, Lord God. He believed he had the symptoms, Lord God. He went and got tested. We believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ. Whether the test be positive or negative, we know that you can heal, deliver, and set free. You said he word, Lord God, you're wounded by our transgressions. You're bruised by our iniquities. Just my peace upon him by your stripes. We were healed, Father. You said you rose with healing in your wings. That's a bomb in Gilead. You said he word, Lord God, healing is the children's bread. You also said you sent the word and healed them. So right now we speak to the source and the symptoms, Lord God, that you would break, Lord God, whatever the the the, the, the uh, ailment is in Brother Brandon. Right now, in the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, we believe in the healing power. We thank you for the opportunity to pray once again, Lord God, and 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 come on this call, Lord God, and try to educate our people, Father, motivate our people, inspire our people, and empower our people to reach our mm-hmm. community, our city, and our world. And, Father, give us the courage, Lord God, to speak out for what's truth and right, speak truth to power. Give us courage, Lord God, to organize and go out and vote on November 3rd, Lord God. Give us the numbers, Lord God, to turn this thing around. We break, Lord God, this nightmare that's on our country. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate that. You know, one of the things I'll tell you about Blog Talk USA, we have been at this thing for a little while. And a lot of the people that you heard from tonight have been on this for a while. I invited my daughter-in-law into it. I hope this is not the last time coming on because I kind of put it on the spot. But um, the it, just in general, you you the information that's out there right now that's coming out of Washington D.C. I, I can tell you, please don't don't follow it. Listen to it and try to go with your local government. Go with your local government. Please don't follow anything that's coming out of D.C. Because the only thing I think that they're going to get right is if, if it's a nuclear attack. And at, at that point, it ain't nothing that we can do anyway. But right now, the person that's in office, please don't listen to him. You can watch him. Try to listen to everybody that come on after him. If he starts frowning during the interview, that guy might be telling the truth. So, Pastor, I know we've been. I know you just got through praying, and I know you have something that you want to add to the conversation. So I'm bring you in, and then I see the eight that eight zero seven one number. Are you speaking to me? Yeah, I'm speaking to you. I think that eight zero seven one number. If you want to come in and have a conversation with us, just press one. Just press one. Okay. All right. We appreciate it. Let me just say one thing, and then I'm gonna get out the way. Go ahead. People keep people keep asking uh, why hasn't the testing increased? Because they said if we're going to open up, we need to have at least five hundred thousand tests a day. A day. Mm-hmm. We're nowhere near that. And they keep saying why hasn't the testing increased? From mm-hmm. the first beginning, we never Trump decided not to take the mean test kits from the WHO, World Health Organization, to now. He believes that if he doesn't have the testing. The numbers will not go up, so it doesn't look as bad. Let me say it again. He believes that okay, if 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 we only have two percent of the country tested, instead of instead of uh, everybody being tested, then the numbers don't look so bad. It doesn't look like okay, instead of five hundred some thousand people uh, in the United States, there's one million now. Instead of one million people in the United States having the coronavirus, it might be ten million if the testing was there. It doesn't mean if that many people will die because a lot of folks are asymptomatic. A lot of people are beating it, you know. So, but he doesn't want those numbers out there. So it looks like that he's already bad that he, he's counted it, and we have a million people that, that, that got affected with it over 
uh, about 60,000 people died already. But if everybody gets tested and it comes up that maybe, you know, like 30 million Americans got the coronavirus and, you know, and it's, you know, it's maybe 100,000 to die, but it looked bad. It really looked bad on Trump. That's why he's holding back the test. He don't want anyone to, to know the real numbers and hoping that, you know, by happen chance that, you know, it goes around like the flu, it goes away for a while, come back, and he could try to uh, uh, survive his way through the election. That's why he doesn't want to test everybody. Because they don't want the numbers, the real numbers to be out there. They have to take a real to do it. They just don't want to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Pastor Riggs, you always bring something to the table. Not 8071, if you want to come in, come on in right now. Yeah, 8071, that's me, Robert Williams. Hey, Mr. Williams, you how are you me? doing? Glad you. Yeah, we can hear you. Come on in, sir. I'm doing fantastic, man, and I uh, almost hate to say that. Because I really am, you know, my my wife and I have not lost any income, but you know, I can take a quick look to my left and my right and, and see. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Take your introduce yourself. yourself. Introduce myself. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm Robert Williams. I've been in the game about 30 years. I've 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 worked on quite a few organizations. Uh, I've worked from the local level all the way to the federal level, and in, in politics. Um, I just reached 62 here last uh, April, and I'm trying to trim back some and 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 just focusing on. Uh, a few areas where where I can really have some impact. One is criminal justice reform, uh, and the other is uh, trying to turn my county blue through electing uh, F.J. Jones, who was on your show last week, which will make a, a huge impact. Um, but as I was saying, um, it, you know, I was on the call with the governor last Thursday before he came out with what he uh, uh, you know introduced to the state on his phasing in reopening the economy and I'll be honest with you a lot of the stuff that he said I didn't have a great problem with but the biggest thing I had a problem with was this call that we were on that, that were two pastors across the state. And it was basically a political call to appease the evangelical right. And, you know, they, they want to open, you know, wide back open man. And he told them, listen, uh, when I make this announcement on Monday, there is not a DA or a County judge in the world that can overturn what I'm telling you. Our churches mm-hmm. in Texas are, not up under the more than 10 assembling rule. Now, you tell me who that's hmm. going to affect most of. Hmm. Who that's going to affect most? That's going to affect our churches. I, I, I can I, I can name 15 churches down here in southern Missouri County off the top of my head that couldn't wait to hear that, black churches that are going to be wide-ass open on Sunday. You know... <laughs> I, I, it ain't nothing I can say to that. It's nothing that I can say. I believe in God with all my heart, in my mind, my body, and my soul. 
but my belief in God doesn't have nothing to do with the person sitting next to me. doesn't have nothing to do with the people singing, singing in the choir, that musician playing that organ, that drum beat, or none of the rest of that. That, that religion is mine. And I take possession of that religion. That's between me and my God. Those walls that you know, it, don't know. It's more than religion. It, it's more than religion. It's 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 a faith in who we believe in and who we are supposed to be representing, right? Mm. Uh, when 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 Christ was hung up on that cross and buried, when he came out of that grave, he didn't not run to no church. He hit the streets. That's what he did, and that's what we should be doing now. We we've got more people concerned about being in the church instead of being the church. Mm. And what COVID nineteen has done has opened up tremendous opportunities for Christians to show themselves Absolutely. to be Christians. It really has. You know, we 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 know you can sing in the choir. We know you know how to pray. We know you know how to dress. We know you know what time to be there. We know all of that. We know all of the traditional mm-hmm. things. Show me that you know how to be who Christ said we should be. That 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 was who was the Hindu guy man that said, you know what? Uh, I I I love your Christ, but I don't like your Christians because your Christians are not like your Christ. Mm. It's a hard mm. message to say, and that it needs to be someone out there way more articulate than I, so it doesn't come across as a attack on the institution of faith. But, bro, that that is seriously a message uh, that that needs to get out, especially here in Texas. Right now. I, I am so afraid of what's going to happen on Sunday. I am. I, I am afraid of what's hap- going to happen on Sunday. Uh, and I've got a lot of my friends telling me, but Robert, you you can't make people do nothing. You know, whatever they do is what they're going to do. But my heart goes out to these very people that will open up their churches, end up killing grandma, their uncles, and their nieces and nephews. And they are going to have to live with the fact that they kill them. Mm. They're going to have to live with that fact. Absolutely. I agree with so you. To on be that silent is just not is just not something I can do right now. Absolutely, and, and 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 we don't expect you to be silent because we have to be vocal. We have to continue to post on our pages. We have to educate our younger people and have them realize that they they even though they contract the disease and they may go through the whole process and not have a a symptom or not have anything. But if they're taking it home and they got younger kids, yeah, younger kids are dying from this too. For y'all that don't believe it, look at look look at the statistics. Look look at the people that's dying from this disease and you understand that there's a problem, period, with what's going on. And what Abbott has did has basically put all of us at risk. Everybody at risk. We we oh, did have some kind of Can I throw this last oh, thing in there, man? I got two people coming at me. I'm going to let you go first, Robert, and the second gentleman that want to come in, I'm going to let you come in after Robert. So I'm not going to even talk. I'm going to be very quick. We we know, and I think that 
a couple of you guys are down there in Louisiana. This is what's happening in Texas. Texas is ranked 48th out of our 50 states per capita in testing. 48 out of our 50 states in testing. So how in the hell are we going to know who got it if we're not testing? But all of a sudden, <laughs> we, we got to Now, so we, 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 we're the 48th state in Texas and, and, and testing, but we're the second state to open wide ass open. What does that yep. tell you? Come on, Brandon. I know you doing? want to add to it. Well, I, the brother, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, just no, piggybacking no. off of this brother, Robert. I'm in East Texas in Longview. And like I said earlier, it was Hello? a two, little over two-hour process to get a test with insurance. You can get a test quickly, but it's going to cost you $125. Now, I don't know that. about you, brothers and sisters, but I don't know many people with a disposable $125 just to go out and spend on a test that these people got for free. But ne- nevertheless, just thinking about my people in Louisiana, I grew up in Baton Rouge. I'm originally from Illinois. I've got my dad's family in Kentucky, in western Kentucky. We lost Sonny Ridgeway, my dad's uh, second cousin, first cousin, my dad's first cousin, a few weeks ago there in Paducah. He was the first death in Paducah, Kentucky. You can look at the Paducah Sun and see that. That's my cousin uh, to die from this. But I think where, where it messed up from the top down is the messaging. In order to reach people, it's all about messaging. And when people are sending mixed messages, you've got some cities, some counties, because of their makeup, they have different kinds of of restrictions. You've got some states that are lax, some states that are more strict. Um, We are noticing that the states that are more strict are showing decline, and that should tell somebody that, Statistically across all the rest of the 49 states Outside that one Maybe we should do like they're doing But the messaging When, I, when I've been trying to talk to my people um, Here in my community At our local stores and, and out here in the hood I just tell them straight up You mess with that Rona You're going to be a goner And that's the only language that they understand When I talk to people Who have, have college educations and, 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 and advanced degrees, I break down the science on the numbers. I'm like, you keep talking about the flu kills more people, but the flu has been around a whole lot longer than this has. This thing is 20 to 30 times more deadly than the flu. So if people were dying of the flu the way that they're dying from this virus, we would see a whole another 2 million more people dying from the flu each year. In a while, we wouldn't have a country. And even if we look at how the blue and red states are treating this differently, it would behoove you if you just simply followed one plus one is two, which means that's mathematical science that it adds up. You would do that for the people of your state. But again, the messaging from the top down is mixed, and you got people going to drink uh, Fish tank cleaner and Lysol <laughs> and bleach, and they're taking these medicines that 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 have been mentioned and killing themselves. 
or, or seriously hurting themselves, and, and, and nobody is listening. And, and the one other thing I want to mention, y'all, I had to get off the call because my doctor called, and um, we're going to try to get my blood sugar uh, and see if we can get that dropped. I'm going to have to look like I'm going to have to go on insulin. Um, those of us with diabetes and we're black, um, Piggy, listening to what that brother said from Florida, I can't remember his name, but in Tampa, he said he didn't buy into it. But when Florida began to do a little lax, if you look at the numbers, my brother, black people in Florida, I got a, I got a sister, a play sister right there in Daytona Beach, 20% increase on uh, the cases for black folks, 30% yeah. increase on death versus a, a, a 10% increase and a 15% increase when it relates to yeah. cases and death. For white folks so yeah. if you don't believe it that that you know the, the the jargon and and the things that people are saying look at the numbers because i know numbers can lie but if you add it up yourself in georgia in detroit in chicago in new york in la in new orleans any of these major areas where it just so happens to be a, a, a rural not rural but urban areas where people of color, more namely black folks, they're they're contracting it. And I don't know. Bro, you hit on something so important, man. No Say again. You hit on something so important, man, and and that is messaging. And I want to give one suggestion to the host of this show. I saw a ten minute segment on ABC this morning where they had testimonies from family members of people who had died from COVID-19 and what it was like to go through that. This one particular family lost their grandmother, their mother, their sister, and they lost four family members, right? And they had this one sister that, that was giving her testimony on what that was like, not being able to go to the hospital and speak with them and be with them during this time. And so that, that resonated so much more than what we can actually tell people. L- listen, uh, you'll die from this. You need to wear your mask. You need to, yeah, blase, blase, blase. But when these people see these real life stories and host, I'm throwing that challenge in your lap to find some of these from some of these families and you put them on your next show. And, man, let me tell you, there, there's nothing like real-life experience thrown right into your face. You can't argue with it. You know, one of the things at Blog Talk USA, we, we try to dig out there and we try to get the real show. So if you challenge me to that, I'm, we're going to take that up. We're going to take that challenge up. I really am. And I know I, I know my sister's biting at the bits to um, – to actually just come in and, and, and chime in on that. But you're right. The real stories out there is the ones that we have to tell because what we're hearing in the media and and as I look tonight and I look at everything that's going on, the story is not going out. It's not going out where, where our people can understand it. And I heard you, Brandon, when you say you had to use a certain language for them to understand. And I wish you would repeat that for our younger audience members that's out there because maybe they can understand it coming from you because they, they definitely are not understanding it from coming from somebody with a voice like mine. So would you say that again? What did you tell them? 
Okay, now I'm, for all y'all that are saved and sanctified more than I am, I'm going to tell you just how I tell them, and they listen. Next time I see them, they got on a mask, and I tell them just like this, Ron. I tell them, look here, young brother, because they call me the OG around here because I came up through the streets, and these folks know it, and they know my work in the community. And I tell them just like this, y'all. I say, listen, listen here, man. If I'm your OG, you're supposed to listen. I say, look here, bro. You fuck with that Rona, you're going to be a goner. And your mama going to have to bury you, and you're going to end up hurting your grandmama. I said, your yeah. grandmama got diabetes, she overweight, and you out here on these streets smoking weed. That means you sharing a blunt with all these people you don't know, right? Yeah. And you passing that blunt from lip to lip, right? And you, y'all got a cup, y'all sharing a cup out here like ain't nothing going on. Y'all sitting around this barrel. This is for the old school heads. They call me OG, too. And these guys are 34 years older than me. And I tell them, look here, y'all. You fuck with that Rona, you're going to be a goner. And, and, yeah. and it resonates. They start looking it up. They, got, they all got smartphones. I said, man, go to Google. The first thing you see is coronavirus, anybody who taps on their Google app. So you can look at the numbers right there. So that's what I tell them. Verbatim. Absolutely. Pastor Riggins, I know you want to come back home. Go ahead, and then I'm going to bring in somebody else that I, that I really just want you all to hear from in just a minute. Yeah, I mean, during the conversation, I wanted to uh, add on to what Mr. Robert Williams was saying. Uh, as a pastor, uh, I've talked to several of my friends or, or surveyed what they're doing in the African-American community, and even though the governor said you're going to open up, because what we see happening in our families and neighborhoods, then we're not going to open up our churches like that. We're not going to open up our churches like that because see, what when we talk about the evangelical uh, community and the Christian community, they're more akin to the Pharisees in the Bible, in which yeah. they strain at a neck and swallow a camel. Yeah, they, you see, they pick apart stuff that they want to pick apart, where they want to deal with the abortion, where they want to deal with homosexuality and stuff like that. But they don't, they don't care about racism. They don't care about greed. Mm-hmm. They don't care about, you know, uh, uh, in this case, the lives of African-Americans being affected just as long as they can get their places open, the money the, the money keeps coming into their churches or whatever whatever their agenda might be that they're concerned about more, more than the lives of people. And so as a pastor, I have to stand up from the, from the uh, Christian community and say, listen, we're different in this. It's like we're in Barbara and say, you know, we're different in this. Like Dr. King would have said, we're different from this. So even though we wear the same Christian hat, uh, it doesn't mean that we're looking at the same Jesus that's on the wall. Come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's, 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 that's how I look at it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to add Rod. one more thing, Ron. I meant, I meant to add earlier. Just one more thing for Pastor Riggins and everybody. Listen, I know you okay, get it. Go ahead and make your point, and then I, I want to bring somebody in real quick. This. Yeah, folks need to understand this thing right quick, too. It was the government that killed Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yes, wow. sir. Yes, sir. The religious folk, the religious folk bought him to the government. The religious folk, not, 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 his, not his people, the religious folk, what we call the religious folk, bought him to the government, and they killed Jesus. You're right. Yes, sir. All right, I, I I want to bring in somebody real quick. I, I I don't know. I'm surprised I was able to get him to call in. Ross, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you, Ron? How are you doing? And, and the real reason why I brought it, the real reason why I asked her to call because 
she she's unique in Texas too. She has a family. She has a family that she's trying to protect, and you know we we talk back and forth. And some of the stuff she tell me, she said, "Ron, I ain't going through that. I, I got my family at home. I ain't bringing that yeah. home to nobody." So so, Ross, just kind of tell us a little bit about how you're dealing with this virus and some of the things that you that you've seen out there. And, and yeah, you can use a little a, a little color to your language because we do that here. So. <laughs> Just be yourself. <laughs> well, my name is Rosa Taylor. I'm married. I have a son. And uh, I was blessed. I was truly blessed throughout this because my job that I work for allowed us to come home early. I work for a very small engineering firm. So we came home early. They sent us home because they kind of predicted and saw this coming. So we were home like the latter part of February. But um, through this, I have a son who's disabled, and my husband and I just recently took in his mother who had an aneurysm stroke and all that. So I refuse to bring any of this home to my family. I love my family way too much then to go out there. Uh, we make sure we wear a mask. We make sure that we're protected when we go outside. As a matter of fact, I have been out very little since this. The only thing we normally do is go to the grocery store, my husband and I, because I you know, I've heard so many stories about how this virus is, um, uh, you contact this virus, but um, so we make sure that we're covered, we wear our mask, and I get so upset when I go out to the stores or when I do go out in public and I see people are not wearing masks, but I have realized that I can't control anybody else. I have to control and protect my family only. I was looking this morning um, on Facebook, and I saw where Pence went to the hospital, and I don't know if you all saw that. Well, he went to the hospital to visit um, some elderly people, and he's the only one that is walking through the hospital without a mask on. And I have friends and um, stuff that were saying, um, it's a shame that, you know, they're not practicing what they're preaching. I say, let them do whatever they're going to do. Because you know what, you have to take care of yourself. You can't worry about anybody else. Take care of yourself first. So as far as me and my family, you know, we try to be extra cautious. Because I, I don't think the government really know how this, how, 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 how this virus came about. So that's you know pretty much what my family and I do. I, my son and my mother-in-law, I try to make sure that we don't bring anything home here at all. So, but we very seldom go out. Also, at least I do. I only go out when necessary. My husband most of the time Absolutely. goes to the grocery store. So yeah, so yeah. I just think we need to really take this serious because it, it is a serious virus. People are dying from this, I, and I don't want anyone out of stupidity to die because there's nothing. You know, you can't you can't hurt yourself by wearing a mask and trying to protect yourself. I mean, if it if it comes, if it happens. Well, then, at least I know I did my part. I tried, and I did what I was supposed to do. It was just meant for me to have it then. Yeah. Well, Rosalind, I'm going to ask you about these, um, <laughs> some of these, these things that, that's out there that these young people are doing. And let me, let me, it, it just scares me. I mean, it, it, it's just beyond me because when I look at it and I see it out there, and, and I know, I, I know I tried to raise my kids right. I I know I tried to instill in them good things. I know coming from our environment that we have to be heard. So I yeah. just want to say, you know, you know, I know you see the same thing that I do. And, and Pastor Riggins just left, so Pastor, I, I know I miss you. I understand that this is we only got about thirty more minutes. And I just want to say, I, I just want to educate as many people as I possibly can by utilizing this show. And by you having a young son, 
what would you tell youngsters that's about his age? How would you tell them about this virus and try to get them to understand? Well, um, and not, and you know, they really don't take this virus very seriously. My son does because I have told him, and he knows his health condition, and he knows that he needs to stay protected. But I work with a lot of young young engineers, and I can tell you in the very beginning, they just were very nonchalant about this, saying, oh, it's going to be okay. If I'm, I'm going to travel. I'm going to do. It's my time to go. It's my time to go. But, you know, there is – you have to be cautious about some things. And you have to protect yourself because it's not only about, you know, make sure that they know it's not about you all the time. You have to, if you have the virus and you go out and you give it to someone else or they contact it through you, well, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting someone else. So you need to think about other people. You need to think of, it's not about you, but that's, and I'm not going to say everybody in this younger generation is that way, but it's a vast majority. But I get really, really frustrated with the black community because when I look at these videos and I see that they're, they don't even practice social distancing. So, you know, they have to start taking this virus seriously or they're going to just be a part of the numbers. But they just, you know, it's going to be a part of the numbers. Of, of of having a virus or or even sometimes even dying, but it's going to take someone they really love or someone really close to them to pass, and then I think they'll they'll wake up and see that this is this is really serious. Yeah, absolutely, but I Ross. Had, I think. Yeah. Come on, come, gonna, come one on. One more thing, I'm going to tell you that. You know, I have a sister who's a pharmacist, and she was telling me that um, you know, the flu kills more than this virus have killed per year, but we have kind of put that on the back burner. But I think because this is so new and they can't control it, they don't have any any um, any um, um, uh, medicine or anything or any type of uh, antibiotics or anything to try to um, stop this virus or at least control it, because I don't think it's ever going to be stopped. Um, I think we need to take it a lot more serious. We really do. We really, really do. And we really need to wear our mask, even if we still have to go up, go out, and stuff like that. Because eventually, the uh, economy has to open back up. But we need to really take this serious. We need to get our young people to understand that this is their health. This is them. Because um, everybody else is. You need to take it seriously, also. Absolutely. Thank you, Ross, for coming in. I appreciate it. I, I just had to bring Ross in. And I and before, I, I know we're coming down on time, and, and we all, I know we're long-winded. So, Phil, um, come on in and, and give me a little bit, then Rihanna, then um, Robert, and we'll let Brandon close us out, and we'll just go from there. Because, um, Phil? Ron? I'm here. Go ahead. You know, I called you out now. No, I was listening to Robert talk about the preachers and stuff, talking about church. And it's sad that uh, church would go as far as having church on Sunday, pastor well, having church and know that this this area hadn't been tested. Robert is telling me some good information, saying we haven't been tested yet. And I don't understand why people are not taking heed. Hey, that test result that they're giving you is false because it only tested so many percentage. Robert knows the percentage, but it's, it's very low. So why would we go out and do something crazy like go to church when you uh, maybe 20% of the congregation could be testing positive? 
to the virus. So I'm, I, I think I'll say, yeah, our church is having outdoor service. Uh, we have an outdoor service. As a matter of fact, I'm on the sound team. And we just set up and uh, the pastors preach and from their cars. And we be that distance of, uh, we skip a space, you know, to keep from being close to each other. And that's the way we do service. But there's a lot of pastors down here in Missouri County trying to have service. That is crazy, though. I live right yeah, there. I agree well, with it you is, and I gave some um, some stats on on where Texas ranks as far as testing goes. Uh, here in Missouri County, where where uh, Simp is, um, and I think we talked about this last time we we're on the show. Our, our, our county is kind of it, it's the thirteenth largest county in the state of Texas out of two hundred fifty four. It's a huge geographical area. And it's really split right down the middle, right? You know, when, when, when you go up north past Highway 6, you are in a completely different culture. Uh, that's mostly people who have migrated down from Houston, who are in Pearland, this, that, another. When you go south of Highway 6, I mean, you're in old school Missouri County, and these old small towns that want to keep it the way it is. When you look at our numbers now, 70% of our infected cases or in the northern end. The reason for that is because these folks are five minutes away from Cullen in Houston where they can get free testing. We have one free testing site in the south, and that's in Angleton. We have none in deep south Missouri County in Freeport or west of the Brazos, those places. And so our, our county government all you know, kind of puts a face out there that, you know, it's it's not as bad as it seems. Well, hell, you don't know because you're not testing. Now, we have some mm-hmm. testing facilities down there, but as the brother brought out earlier, he said it costs $120 or something like that. We have some testing facilities, three or four in the southern end, but you have to pay $55, and the $55 is that doesn't guarantee that you're going to get the test. Wow. Who's going to pay that, man, at a time like this? And so our, our numbers are being extremely suppressed because our county officials in this red county are in line with, with, with our red governor, who's in line with our red president, and it's more important to them to get the economy back going than it is to consider the lives of people, and that's a shame. Absolutely, Brandon. And then I'm gonna save my sister for last. Brandon, I um, am appreciative of this conversation. I hope that. Well, another thing is, is that I have a show on this very same channel on Thursday, and it's looking like I'm gonna continue this conversation at eight o'clock this Thursday, because hopefully I'll have the results back from the test I took today. Um, I'm I'm hopeful um, as a person that has experienced these symptoms and is quarantined in my room, who practiced and was in healthcare for 18 years, and I've been practicing since what the first second week in March. Yes, yeah, second week in March. Um, all of the standard and universal precautions that deal with a respiratory 
virus like COVID-19 that people are still susceptible even if you 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 practice the best you can. So that means we have to limit our coming and our going even when things loosen up a little and you see places that aren't so filled with people and you feel like, okay, I'm going to risk it and go in there. I just encourage people to, to think twice, um, get you one of these online credit card things, deals, green light, green dot, whatever, rush card, and start purchasing things online the best you can. Uh, get you some bleach water and wipe down everything that comes in your home. Keep sanitizer, disinfectant spray, and disinfectant wipes in your vehicle. Use gloves when you go to the uh, gas pump because gas is cheap. I'm getting gas every two days. I'm I'm worried that it's going to go back up, so I try to keep my tank full. If if I get one little line <laughs> down, I'm, I'm going back. That dollar thirty-three is love in the butter. So just practice safe habits at the pump, okay? And then lastly, this is this is for y'all that have symptoms. I, I got a cousin that's a respiratory um, physician. Take lots of warm showers with the steam to help break up the mucus. Use Mucinex. Get you something from your doctor. They even say a Z-Pack will help with some things, not the virus, but some of the symptoms. Um, they also encourage you to practice breathing with pursed lips. Deep breaths in, keeping your lips together like you're blowing a whistle, blowing out till you extend everything out of your lungs. And then also, if you can, hold your head over a steam pot with tea tree oil and peppermint essential oils and, and, and an, a citrus uh, essential oil um, at least twice a day to kill off certain viruses and also help with the breathing if you find yourself with shortness of breath and you might be getting towards pneumonia. So hopefully those things will help somebody else like they've been helping me. Absolutely. One uh, other thing that I would like to say, I, I didn't hear any Clorox in that in that regiment that you just called out. <laughs> so I would advise y'all not to use Clorox. <laughs> now I'm not a doctor, but I, I'm, I'm just saying Clorox. Is, I didn't hear that. <laughs> Rihanna, hey, hey Rihanna, before I bring you on, I, I, I got a seven one three number out there with the last four is eight five seven zero. If you would like to join the conversation before we get off the air, just press one, and I'll bring you in. You you you're welcome to listen. I can or I can bring you in. It's up to you. Anyway, doesn't look like they want to talk, so I'm gonna leave them on mute. Rihanna. Oh, they want to talk now. So hold on just one second, y'all. We're going to get all the guests off the air, and then we're going to um, go ahead and go to Rihanna. How you doing, caller? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Why don't you state your name and just post your purpose in calling? I'm, I'm Lloyd. I've always, I'm just listening in on, on the conversation at hand. And I, I keep I keep hearing everybody, you know, talking about go and get tests, go and get tests, go and get tests, go and get tested. My question is to to the testing is, why is it that y'all want us to go get tested, but there's no cure? Hmm. What's the What's the point? 
Well, the point is that they want to get tested so they can tell if you actually have the virus. That way they can keep track of everybody that has the virus, and they can kind of judge whether or not how far they should go. In, 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 you know, I'm going to say it like this, and, I, and I'm, I'm not getting tired to them. I know what I'm trying to say. If in the Harris County, they got less, if in the Harris County in Houston, they got less than 5% of the people tested as of, they don't even have 5%. So they don't know if 95% of the people are carrying the virus, if they have the virus, if they um, if if they can infect other people, or they just don't have the symptoms to 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 actually. You know, I'm 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 trying to get this right because I hate to put out some bad information, but um, if they don't if they don't have the symptoms and they carry the virus from one person to another one, you want to know if you have it. I'll break it down on this level then. If you if you have the virus, you want to at least know that you have it before you come into contact somebody that has a respiratory problem. Anybody within your household, you want to make sure that you're not carrying it back to the household that you just left. Right. And that's that's so important that that we 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 look at it from that perspective. That's I, I don't know how to say it other than that is that we can well, get you, the virus and we can be curious. Huh. I say that's the case. You already there. You already infected everybody. If you're in the same household, if you, if your wife, your kids, is in the same not, household not, as you, and you don't know you have it, and so. then you go get tested, and then well, you that, find that out you have it. But then you should be able I'm, to I'm, take care I'm, of your I'm, family I'm, from I'm, there. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm saying. I'm, I'm not trying to debate with you. Go ahead. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna speak from experience because see, my mom caught it from my sister. Okay. Right. Okay. And then she didn't know she had it because they told she had upper respiratory infection and bronchitis. Infection. Okay. Okay. So then after that, a few days later, my grandma caught it because my mm-hmm. grandma was in the same house as her. So the whole house infected. My aunt, my two aunts, and my grandmother and my mother had it, my sister and her husband. So, you know, now that they tested, it's like, what? Well, it's like two weeks in after they found mm-hmm. out she had it. Yeah, and she was going to fill in like 14 days, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you, man, but, but it's, it's it's still best to get tested, man. I, I can't, I mean, it might help. It may, not, it may not seem like it helps you, but we need to know what the numbers are. That way we can get the help that we need within this, within within your area to help somebody else, and, 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 and we need to get tested. Please don't tell nobody why why are we getting tested. We're getting tested because we're trying to help ourselves. I mean, that's a, that's the best way I can tell you, Martin. I, I mean, I can't tell you any other way than that. Hey, real quick, yeah. before I go to Rihanna, I got one more voice I want I want, I want want to bring in real quick, and, and I know that they're suffering, and I want to make sure that this is a person because I think I recognize the number. D. Hi. Hey, what's going on? How are you doing, D? I, I got about. I want to leave the last ten minutes for for Rihanna, but could you could you tell us how this is affecting you in your area, and tell us who you are? Okay. Hi. Um, my name is Davina, and many people know me as Positively D because I have a podcast called Positively D Discussion. Um. I, Almost what five years ago, I used to be on Blog Talk Radio, but then I live stream on Facebook. So I, my podcast is usually based on people living with HIV. 
I've been living with HIV for 22 years. Um, this has affected my family first, first of all. Uh, right when this happened, we had a relative that passed away from COVID-19. And um, he was 32 years old. Um, right now, as I speak, there's another cousin in the hospital, but she's a nurse. Um, so we know how she contracted it. What bothers me about this whole COVID-19 is that it's like no one is taking it serious. Everybody keeps going out without putting gloves on. Um, they're going out with their kids in the stores with no gloves. I have been in the house probably this whole time because I have a compromised immune system. And my 18-year-old still loves to leave the house if she's not taking it serious. And, and I, I hate to say this, but people of color, blacks are really not taking this serious. And for me, it's like, why? We're, we're almost the highest rate of everything. We're the highest rate of blood, high blood pressure. We're the highest rate of HIV. We're the highest rate of um, diabetes. So why isn't anyone taking this serious? The numbers will never drop till we start taking this serious. So it hit really close to home for me. And when that happened, that was it for me. That was it. So there's what, almost 11,000 people here in Colorado who have contracted COVID. We started out at 39 since the quarantine. So, and the numbers are barely dropping now. And now they're talking about opening things up in different states. And the first thing you see people do is go get their nails done, which I'm not sure why is that so important. So I just had to say a little bit, just a little bit. Well, Dee, I'm glad you came on tonight, and um, I know I can get long-winded with you because I, I, I know what you're going through. I know the suffering that you're going through, and I know that you have a compromised immune system. And I I just hope that you stay safe, my sister. That's all I, I hope because I know you. what you're going through. Yeah. So, Rihanna, go ahead. Go ahead, Dee. If you want to say something, I'll say it real quick, and then I'm going to give it to Rihanna. Yeah. Hi, Rihanna. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hello, hello. You too. You too. I I'll just I'll be brief and uh, I just wanna say just so many good points have been raised tonight. Um a lot of good information has been given out tonight and I just have to go back to um you know, the things that were just said. It makes absolutely no sense to me, and I'm sure to any other rational person, uh, why the numbers tell us that people of color, particularly African Americans, are getting and dying of this virus hugely higher rates than than white folks, but yet... We don't hear from our mainstream media, and we certainly don't hear from our so-called leadership um, any uh, messaging that would reflect that that is the case. And, you know, if, if you 
have a, you know, if you, if you drive around and deliver food and bottles of water to uh, hungry folks all day, and that's your thing that you do, you aren't hanging around in, you know, the middle of Beverly Hills to do that. You're going to where the need is. Why on earth the messaging wouldn't be targeting the most vulnerable um, and getting good information out there and, you know, highlighting this fact is just insane to me. But that's where leadership does matter. Public policy does matter. You know, you put a white supremacist in the White House, you're not going to get good messaging and good information out there to the people who are contracting, you know, a, a virus and a pandemic at such high rates. I mean, obviously. It matters who we put in office. It matters that we do vote in every election. It matters what people say when they're asking you to vote for them, uh, you know, what their intentions are when they say it, where they're getting their money from, uh, what their priorities are and aren't, what kind of character they have. Anybody out there who thinks that it doesn't matter, that your vote doesn't count, that, you know, public policy is just, you know, what other people do, what lawmakers do, and it has nothing to do with you, it has everything to do with you, and it's deadly serious. It's a life-or-death issue. Um, So it just, I hope everybody really understands every election is important. This election is life or death. Uh, It's just, it's so important. So please, please pay attention. I know the information out there isn't the best, and and there's a lot of misinformation out there, but there is a lot of good leadership happening in communities all across the country. So uh, pay, like Ron said earlier, pay attention to your local governments if they're giving, you know, if, if you trust them. Uh, but you can absolutely have no trust from 1600 Pennsylvania. Absolutely. One of the things before we, we get out of here, I, I, I forgot to mention this story. Yesterday, after the government, after the the Harris County judge and Mayor Turner had went on the air, the governor came back and did his little spiel, and then the mayor of Houston came on, Sylvester Turner. I mean, the passion or, or the display of sympathy that he had for the people within his community, you could tell it on his face. He had to still keep his composure to deliver a message without, going against what the governor said. But any time that a person is reopening something like the state of Texas and it's not based on the numbers, it's not even based on what, what his president said at first because if you remember, he was not going to reopen or something until he got 10% of the population tested. But he hasn't even got to that number, nowhere near that number, before he decided that he was going to reopen this country. Here in Texas, we don't even have 5% of the people tested. We don't know how bad the disease is. We don't know where it's going. And and one of the guys that was from Arizona, he called me. He couldn't come on the show tonight, but he was telling me. He said, you know, I work for the city. I'm here, and I'm like, every time they have a meeting, I'm, I'm at the meeting. He said, we're, we're keeping track of the numbers here in Arizona on pencil and paper, basically. He said they're 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 not tracking like they should across America, 
And that's the part that's scary to me because if you look in the major cities on any map or any GIS software, you can see where the where the numbers are high in major cities. But in those rural areas and in smaller cities, it's like it's it's no, it's no it's nothing out there. They don't have the virus. But if they're keeping track of it, like you were saying, you would never know. We we don't know what's out there. We don't know how to how to respond to them. We don't know anything that's going on. But they just know people are dying. And eventually. If this country keeps on opening up like like we have it now, I, I guarantee the deaths are going up. And the one thing that we 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 have to do as a whole is practice taking care of our families, our immediate families. Rihanna, her two girls, Simply and his daughter that that has a, a, a illness, and and Roz and her son and Dee and your condition, and we have to do that on our own. As Brandon said. Not too long before he got off the air, he was he went to get tested today. And if he didn't have the insurance that he that he did, he probably wouldn't have been able to get the test today. Charging for this test, they're charging to save your lives. You basically have to know that before you go in. And another thing that that's out there is they're having tests come back in there. Some of the tests, and this is from Albert Industries, and they're the ones that's kind of in charge of doing the testing. They're having false negatives, so I can tell you that you that you that you tested that you didn't test positive, and, and you're going out. And, and and so so then you realize that you got it, and you come back and you get another test from somebody else or a different type of test, and you realize that you got it. False negatives are, are, are a big problem. We don't know how many people have been tested that, that actually had false negatives. So I'm going to tell you, be cautious. The only thing that you can do is be cautious in everything that you do. Another thing is asymptomatic people. I guess Trump and um, Pence are asymptomatic people because they can go in and go go through, um, I don't want to say it like I really want to say it, but <laughs> evidently they have something that we don't have access to. I'm, I'm going to say it like that because there's no way in the world that you go into Mayo Clinic with no mask, nothing on, and you stand there among people that's got the virus, and you're the only stupid one standing there. Or Trump, we're going to even drop Trump in because I'm going to say Trump, not, not the president of the United States. But Trump also had, about a month ago, he visited with the Brazilian president. And he he had the disease. He went home. He was hospitalized and everything. But Trump didn't show no signs of it. Trump came out and he did his usual line routine. So he didn't have contact with him. Well, the Brazilian newspaper came out and showed us that it was much different. Trump was standing right next to the man, shaking the man's hands, greeting him and everything else. But how come he doesn't have the virus and, and people that ride a metro bus or drivers that's driving buses or people that's in the medical field, that's treating people. How come they have the virus and he doesn't? I'm going to say this, and I, I know I, I'm kind of going overboard, but I bet you it's a cure out there, and we're, we're just too poor to have it. I bet you it's a cure out there, and we're just too poor to have it because there's no way in the world that I'm going to stand there with all the confidence in the world. I'm going to help protect my people. And if Pence or Trump thought that they was taking it back to their family members, especially Trump, because his family members are more important to him than anybody else in this country. 
if he thought he was taking it back to his family, I guarantee he wouldn't stand like he is. Careful. Be careful of the people that you come into contact with. And I know I'm, I'm getting ready to close out Simp. I'm, I'm going to ask you, do you have any, Rihanna, Rosalind, D, anybody want to add anything else to this before we get out of here? I'm fine, Ron. All right. Miss Rihanna? I would just say one thing, and it's, you know, like somebody said earlier, I think a few people said earlier, it's not just about you. Yes, take care of yourselves, but remember, we, we've we got to take care of each other. So, you know, quarantine does mean something, and it is hugely important that we all play our part, just not for ourselves, but for uh, our loved ones and other people's loved ones. Nobody is expendable. We all matter. Yeah, absolutely. Roz? Um, I just I came in on a little late. I really want to expound on a lot of things as I listen. But, yes, I, I believe the same thing. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. And you have to take care of others. Also, if you um, go out, make sure you wear your mask, wear your gloves, because it's not always about you. You don't want to infect someone else. So make sure you take care of yourself and take care of others also. D, 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 D. Yeah, the, the same, you know, just, just take care of yourself. You're, you're not the only one, you know. Especially if you are not known. I mean, and if you have some love someone else, just stay safe. Just stay in the house. Just stay in the house. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I just want to close out with this. I just want to say, please. I want to see each and every every one of y'all uh, when this stuff is over with. I, I know, Ross, I owe you a meal. I got a monitor sitting yeah. here that, that I'm working from, so I owe her a meal. And she ain't cheap. <laughs> she ain't cheap, let me just say that. But I appreciate this monitor because it helps me do my work and I continue to go. But please stay safe out there and whatever you do, just practice and, and spread the word. Most of all, spread the word to anybody that you see that's out there. Tell your family members. Tell everybody. You know, Pooch and them can wait a while to after this after this virus is over. <laughs> so, anyway, take care. Enjoy yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate it. Right. Y'all take care. Right. Bye-bye. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.